Welcome to Explore the Space. We're digging into healthcare issues that matter most. Our guests and conversations mine these issues for perspective and answers. There is a gulf between healthcare and our communities. This is the place to talk about it. Now here's your host, Dr. Mark Shapiro. Welcome back to Explore the Space podcast. I'm your host, Mark Shapiro. My guest in this episode is James McLaughlin. James is the Chief Executive Officer and President of Intelligentsia Coffee, a coffee company that pioneered the ideals of exceptional quality, transparency, and innovation in the coffee industry. And I can say that their coffee is also absolutely delicious. I got the chance to meet James a few months ago when I was at the Women in Medicine Summit in Chicago. We got to spend an evening at their central distribution facility. He showed a group of us all around and we talked coffee and we had an absolute blast. And I wanted to have him on the show to talk about specifically something that came up over the course of our conversation. He has some remarkable insights on subject matter that is of interest to explore the space podcast, the impact of climate change on coffee. I'm a huge coffee fan. I drink coffee every day. I love all the different brewing methods. I've got all the toys. I love to roast my own coffee. I love to find new coffee places. I remember the first time I ever tried Intelligentsia coffee. It was at their store in Pasadena, California years ago and absolutely loved it blown away by it the quality is amazing the flavors are fantastic bringing these two subjects together made a lot of sense you know we've we've talked about this on twitter before we've got our hashtag medgrind on twitter and lots of different people talking coffee talking all different things related to coffee the shared love of it how they like to brew it what they drank this morning it's an absolute blast we love it. We also understand the impact of climate change on all different aspects of our life. And getting to talk about that with James was really, really interesting. He is right out there at the sharp edge. He's traveling the world. He's learning about it. He's interacting with farmers. He's interacting with producers. And he's also interacting with the science. And, and getting that you know, tip of the spear insight from him was absolutely fascinating. And I think you are going to really love this. This is a really unique content. This is a great take on two critical subjects, right? We all enjoy coffee. It's a huge multi-billion dollar commodity around the world. And obviously, of course, climate change. Bringing these two things together in context was really, really remarkable. You're gonna absolutely love listening to James on this. Before we get to the episode, definitely please do check out Explore the Space podcast, wherever you like to download your shows. And I'll just invite you, I do share a lot of my content on Twitter and I'm branching out to other social media platforms. Now more than ever, if you have the chance to share the show with people that you like, to download, to subscribe, to leave a rating and review, that really helps us out. And it is very, very much appreciated. So wherever you like to listen to your shows, please do subscribe. Please do share them with friends and colleagues. Please do keep Explore the Space moving. You can hit me on Twitter at ETS Show. You can hit me on Instagram at Explore the Space Show. And I am now on Mastodon. You can find me ETS Show at med-mastodon.com. So I am getting started there as well as so many others are as we kind of wait to see what happens with Twitter at this time. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com. Of course, I always love hearing from people getting your ideas and interacting with folks who are enjoying Explore the Space podcast. Please do check out the merchandise store, explorethespaceshow.com forward slash merch. Wonderful stuff in there. Love it when people get themselves something great, share it, amplify it on social media. It's an absolute treat. Speaking of, brew yourself a favorite cup of whatever you like, settle in. This was a wonderful 30 minutes. I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from James. So let's get started. James, welcome to Explore the Space podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Thank you, Mark. I'm so delighted to be here with you. I have to say, right before we went live, you raised your coffee cup and took a sip. You are a wizard. You are a magician. <laughs> that was awesome. Well played, sir. I need to I need to have coffee around me at all times. 
I don't function without it. I think we just found my pull quote that I put on social media. I need to have coffee around me at all times. I think we're home. This is going to be the best. I'm so excited for this. Let's just start. How do you take your coffee? You know, I like it all different ways. Yeah. I am not, I, you know, what I'm drinking right now is our Antonio blend. I'm drinking it black, um, okay. just a black cup of coffee. But in the mornings, I love a cappuccino. Yep. Um, so I, I'm, I, I like all different forms of coffee. I knew that we were going to find common ground right away. I, I, as I shared with you before we started recording, I'm, I'm a coffee egalitarian. If you're enjoying your coffee, enjoy it. We're good to go. We have something to talk about. I agree. I, I think there's a lot of like, if you want to take it with cream and sugar, great, let's do it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think one of the things that we try to do at Intelli is find the sweetest and cleanest coffees that exist in the world and bring them to people. And I think a lot of our customers, the first couple times they're trying it with coffee with, with, excuse me, cream and sugar, but eventually they try it black and they realize, wow, there is something really amazing about just a beautiful black cup of coffee. But again, do whatever makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. I do want to get some shared understanding, and you are an expert at the highest level. When when you use that that descriptive term for coffee, that it is a clean cup of coffee, what does that mean? What what should people kind of take on board when they hear that term to think of? Because we don't often think about like, I don't know, describing food and drink with that term. I, I, I understand, I think, what you're getting at. But just for people who maybe hear it and like, wait a minute, what does that actually mean? Help us understand. Because you obviously provide a, a product that's available nationally. Intelligentsia Coffee can be found everywhere you can subscribe to it. It's extraordinary. How does that word clean sort of fit into that experience? Like, this is really good coffee. That That's a great question. And I think... Um, we probably use it too um, casually, like everyone understands it. So, okay. so I appreciate the question. Hey, I, I come I from a profession where we have jargon for days. Yeah. So the opportunity for us to have <laughs> to have like words that we all understand, like I'm I'm on that road every day. Yeah. So I, I think if I think about like the history of coffee, right? It was it was originally you know if you, if you kind of go way back, it was just this like caffeine delivery mechanism, and really the focus was on just really roasting the coffee really, really dark because darker roasts have a tendency to mask some of the defects, what we call in the industry kind of defects that are found in the green coffee. And I think throughout the time, right? Like you think about um, Pete's and Starbucks, they, they brought higher quality coffee to the forefront, keeping that deep, dark roast. And what, you know, Intelligentsia has really done, I think is change the mindset a little bit. And so we're really focused on the green coffee and those intrinsic qualities that are found in the green coffee from the terroir of the, of the farm, like the altitude, the soil, everything like that. And so we roast the coffee really light, definitely in comparison to some of the, some of the bigger roasters. Um, and so when we talk about like cleanliness or sweetness, we're really talking about with cleanliness in particular, an absence of defects in the green coffee. Um, you know, the, the coffee that comes from the farm to us here in Chicago and Los Angeles, where we roast. Um, and so defects, defects, it's definitely an industry term. And, you know, the, we have a team of people that are trained on how to cup coffees and taste coffees. And they're looking for to make sure that all the coffees are, are clean and free of defects, I think is one way to understand it. Um, and then sweetness is sweetness. Like, you know, we think that our coffees are just naturally sweet and you don't have to, because we're going out and we're finding the best coffees in the world, 
you can actually enjoy it without sugar. And, and there is like this sweetness. You get it sort of on the sides of your tongue, um, hopefully with most of our coffees. I want, I want some right now. I got <laughs> coffee already this morning and hearing that description, like, give me, I want it and I want it now. There's, there's, there's an art to this and there's, there's so much joy and pleasure to be derived in it. How did it become something for you where, right, it's this daily joy, it's this shared experience with friends and family and going out and sitting in the coffee shop? How did it become this thing where you say, I want to create in a very crowded marketplace uh, an operation that does this at a very high level that introduces, right, a different way of presenting coffee to the public and doing it in what I think you and I would agree on is sort of the right way, in that socially conscious way, in that responsible way, and in that way that is hopefully sustainably done. Yeah. I, I mean, because there's, that's there's a, a big order. That's a it, lot, right? I just said a lot of things, and yet you're executing. <laughs> and I, I think to start with that idea of sort of coffee as a gathering space, because it is, right? Like all of us, many of us wake up in the morning, and that's the first thing that we want to, to put in our hands I think there's a, there's a very sort of ritual element to coffee, but then there's also that social piece. And, um, I think early on, I, I mean, coffee shops, as you pointed out, like they're ubiquitous in the U S right. You can find them all over the place. What we really wanted to do was get consumers to realize that coffee can be culinary. It can be a culinary experience, just like you would go to an amazing restaurant. And all the things that we've done as a brand have been very intentional about promoting that idea. And so, you know, Mark, I know you've been to some of our coffee bars. We, every single coffee bar that we have is different and it's meant, the design is meant to reflect the neighborhood. Not only that, we want the design, we want someone to walk in that door. And if, if it's their first time visiting an intelligentsia, they, they almost pause when they cross the threshold and they look around and they think, whoa, something's different here. And I'm not exactly sure what it is, but it's not my you know, kind of fast food cafe experience. And then when you walk up to the bar, right, to place an order, there's a menu that gets printed every day and the coffees are changing. And so it's this idea of seasonality. And so we're trying to, and even this cup that you, you mentioned, right? Like we designed all the cups in our, in our coffee bars so that they fit nicely in your hand. Like we want every single detail in your, in your experience when you come into our coffee bars to be something thoughtful. And again, to start to cue when I actually get, when my barista actually, you know, presents me with my coffee and I take a sip, I'm like, wow, this really is different. It really is culinary. So I think that, that, that social piece and everything is one part of it. Do you ever think as you're creating product, as you're selecting coffees, how do we do this? Not so much for that, like individual experience that you just described. And I mean, I'll be quite honest, my, my wife and I both remember the first time we went into the shop in Pasadena years ago. And we're like, this is this is something else. We'd heard of intelligentsia, but it was the first time we'd actually like tasted it and been there. How do you try to sort of tap into the energy and enthusiasm of a larger group of an industry of a profession? And I asked this specifically, right, from the perspective of a physician, as someone in healthcare, the coffee consumption <laughs> on a daily basis from us is massive, right? It's yeah. huge. Yeah. How does this become something where we can have that shared enjoyment and that shared reflection over the course of our day that it maybe smooths out some rough edges, not just because it wakes us up with caffeine, but it becomes a talking point that we gather on social media, right? We, we talk about coffee. How do, how do we allow that to kind of come forward? How does intelligentsia try to access that? I, I think it almost goes back to what we were talking about before, right? Like we want to meet customers where they are. And I think 
most consumers are on a coffee journey. I, I like to think about it. And you know, there may be customers who, who arrive at Intelligentsia and they've only really drank coffee that's been very dark roasted. And so yeah. we have like a dark roast that's frankly not very dark, but on our spectrum, it's very dark. And what we're trying to do is kind of bring people along on the journey, or maybe they come in and they always order a latte. Well, eventually we, we would love for them to try that black cup of coffee because we think it's really amazing. And it's, it's, it's a pure expression of what we're sourcing at, at origin. And then once you get into that, then you start exploring, well, what does a Rwandan coffee taste like? How is that oh, different from favorite. a Colombian that's coffee? That's the best one. That's the champion. Rwanda? Oh, that's the champ. That's Always. amazing. It, yeah. Rwanda has this amazing story. I don't know if you know the story of specialty coffee in Rwanda. Tell a story. I do not, and I'm excited. So it, it was, you know, after the genocide um, in Rwanda, th- there were a lot of NGOs going in and saying, what can we do to help the, the country kind of rebound economically? And there was a small group of coffee professionals, and actually Jeff Watts from Intelligentsia was one of those who went as part of the Pearl. It was called the Pearl Project. It was funded by USAID and um, really went to these farms and said, hey, you guys have all the ingredients to make beautiful coffee, but here are some, some of the things that you need to be paying attention to, the way you pick the coffee, the way you process the coffee. And Rwanda went from kind of producing pretty commercial grade coffee to arguably producing some of the best coffees in the world now. It largely came about after the genocide through this Pearl Projects, which is it's just an awesome story about how coffee can, um, I think, positively impact not only us in consuming countries, yeah. but also um, farmers. That is absolutely fantastic. And I love that it's this idea, again, of how we're able to how we're able to share knowledge, how we're able to write basic fundamental stuff, work together to do things differently, do things better. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I've shared on social media many times on the on the 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 power rankings right now, anything Rwandan, that's the one I buy first, without a doubt. They're they're extraordinarily good. And in that setting of like enjoyment and flavor and new things, it's way up there. And you mentioned something that I, I'd love for you to describe for, for people who may not have heard of it. You mentioned a coffee cupping. And I live in wine country where obviously wine tasting is a very big deal. Yeah. And there's a ritual around it. And it takes time and it's very very popular and it's good fun coffee cupping is the same thing and it does not have that exposure yet i've been fortunate to host a couple uh, over the years and been to some they're amazing yeah and you end up with a really cool experience what is a coffee cupping yeah the coffee company cupping is it's kind of an industry term and it was it was established by the industry as a way of evaluating coffees but to your point it's a lot of fun super Um, fun and, and basically what it is, is you have, you can have different lots from a farm. You can have different coffees from different countries on the table. And there's generally three small cups. Um, and there's a very standardized process for how you brew the coffee. You put the grounds in the bottom, you pour hot water on the top and they, all the grinds um, kind of float up and they form this crust on the top. It's almost like a, a cap on the top of the, the glass and you break it. And you smell it, and that releases aromatics. And then you you go around the table in a very again, it's a very um, prescribed way, tasting the coffees, writing down what you um, what you're tasting, and, and describing the positives, the negatives, um, and all that stuff. And it's kind of, I would say, it's one of the purest ways to taste coffee. Um, you really get all the um, the good, bad, and the ugly when when you go around and you do a cupping. Um, which is exactly what we want to do when we're evaluating all these different coffees to buy. 
they are such a fun experience because you're doing it with a group of friends, right? There's yes. that shared enthusiasm. And it is truly a multi-sensory experience. The, the the phases that I that make me laugh the most for sure is the actual tasting phase because it is slurp city. Yes, yes. Everyone's got That's their spoon right. and you are That's slurp. right. <laughs> and there's always that kind of weird, like, okay, who's the loudest slurper? Does that mean they're the best <laughs> totally. cover? <you> know? <laughs> totally. And then there's oh. that phase that you mentioned too, right? That that olfactory, that that smell sensation the breaking the crust i cannot over i don't like to do hyperbole it's hard to overstate what that sensation is look is like when you're right there and you push your spoon through that thick layer of grounds and it just releases that ethereal cloud of scent it's very special and people will like fight over it they're like no i want it i get to break the crust on this one it's awesome well, it's so funny that you mentioned that because every year we host all the farmers that we work with around the world. We have a kind of a, an event. We call it the Extraordinary Coffee Workshop. And honest to God, Mark, the most popular thing that we do each and every year with all these different farmers from all these countries, we bring all the coffees that we've bought from all over the world and we have a huge cupping. And the farmers are so excited because it's so rare for a farmer in Colombia to get a t- to get to get their hands on coffee from Kenya or Ethiopia and it just it really opens up everyone's mind about wow there's so much more potential in in coffee than i realized maybe from my particular city or country um but it is always one of the most popular things that we do that is so cool and you need physician consult you need physician consultants <laughs> at that suba and i need to come out and just you know we'll, we can be the uh the event on site <laughs> medical Absolutely. Staff. You guys are at the that, top of the list. <laughs> that sounds amazing. But as I think about this, right, you know, I, I had the opportunity to come uh, at the Women in Medicine Summit in September when we got to come to the Chicago facility and you took us on an amazing tour. And it was I was just in, in heaven seeing all of the production elements and the thought and care that goes into it. And obviously, you and I have this tremendous shared enthusiasm around this thing that we love so much. And it is, I think it is also important, though, for us to be pragmatic and to have situational awareness around kind of where we sit with this joy and this revelry in 2022 as coffee is a grown commodity. It's an agricultural product. And we're in the midst of extraordinary impacts of climate change. And I've had the opportunity to talk about this with you before. And that was in large part why I wanted to have you on, because we can spend all this time talking joyfully and enthusiastically. But we also have to acknowledge, where are we going with this? And I think you have a strategic view of this because of the way you've traveled the world and the folks that you get to work with and the experts that you interact with from all over the world. Where are we with the impact of climate change as we understand it and this extraordinary product coffee that we love so much? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I'm going to answer your question, but I want to just provide a little bit of, of background. You know, I think one of the amazing things that intelligentsia and other roasters like intelligentsia have done is they solved a lot of the problems that farmers were facing, right? Um, like at Intelligentsia, we pay pretty much fixed prices. It doesn't matter what's happening in the commodity market. That takes a lot of risk away from the producers. They know that we're going to come back each and every year. We've been working with farmers for over 20 years. That's unheard of in the coffee industry. And so with our buying model, we really solved some of the problems that farmers were having. And you know, we call that direct trade. Unfortunately, today, direct trade isn't enough. It's necessary and we need to keep doing it, but it's not sufficient for us to ensure the future of coffee. And and it's for the reason that you just mentioned, it's climate change. You know this data probably even better than I do. Um, The world's getting warmer. It just is. And it's impacting 
all the regions, coffee is a tropical crop. And so it's grown between the equator, between the uh, above and beyond, uh, below the equator. And when you look at, there's all these models now, Mark, that are mapping out where, where is coffee going to be suitable to grow? It's shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Um, and so if you look at out into like 2050, places that you and I love, Colombia, Rwanda, um, Brazil, all these places, the amount of land that's going to be suitable for coffee is, is, is really going to be greatly reduced. The other thing that we're seeing is with the increased temperatures, there's a lot more disease that is propagating in, in, in these growing areas. And 10 years ago, there was this massive uh, devastating outbreak of leaf rust, which is it's, it's kind of a fungus that grows on the coffee leaf. And it basically it doesn't kill the plant, but it, it, it makes it not produce as much. So that's having a huge impact. And then the other thing that I saw, I was just down in Brazil last month. Um, I saw firsthand was how rain, the rain patterns are changing and it's having a dramatic impact on the farmers. And so I was in Brazil and I was in two different regions of Brazil. And, you know, typically what you will go down and see is a tree with all the cherries. You know, I typically go visit during the harvest and you see all these little cherries growing. And normally you would see kind of like a lot, the cherries go from green to red. You'd see a lot of red and maybe a couple of greens. What I saw was trees that had, you know, ripe cherries that were ready to pick, immature cherries that were need another four weeks, tiny, tiny cherries that needed probably another three months. And then we had flowers on the tree, which is just bizarre. So it, it's, it's a terrible situation for the farmers because everyone needs you know, a distinct harvesting time. I think it's probably no different for grapes, right? Um, where you are so that you go through, you, you pick your, you know, your grapes or your, your coffee and then you're done. And, and so what's happening with this rain is it, it's just, it's creating havoc on, on farms. When I was in Minas a couple of weeks ago, the harvest was done, like completely done about four to five weeks earlier than normal. So if you just think about how the rains have shifted, that's changing the patterns, that changes everything. And so, you know, one of the things that we're doing, Mark, at Intelligentsia is we, for every, coffee, for every pound of coffee we buy, we're making a, a contribution to world coffee research. Because my, my feeling is we need to be investing in the next wave of varieties that are drought resistant, that can resist all these different climactic changes. And we as an industry, the coffee industry have dramatically underfunded ag R&D. Um, and so we have a lot of work to do to catch up, but World Coffee Research, I actually um, am on the board of World Coffee Research. It's, it's, it's doing a lot of great stuff. We have breeding networks now where we're getting involved in Africa, Central America, and establishing these breeding hubs to create the next wave of varieties. Um, but we have a lot of work to do. Um, the, the farmers that we work with don't have the tools that they need to... To, to frankly be ready for climate change. Is this happening fast? You've been in the coffee industry for some time. Are you noticing that this has been sort of like a syncopated rhythm with each year there's like an incremental change or are you noticing that things are moving at a tempo that is disconcerting? So I'll be honest, because of COVID, I haven't been able to travel. That's um, a really good point. Yeah, so, yeah. so it was my first point trip well to Brazil in three sure, years. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was startled by what I was seeing. And it wasn't in one region. If it had been in one region, I might've said, oh, 
but it was in both regions where I went to visit Southern part of country, Northern part of the country. So it was startling for me. And I hope it's just a one year anomaly, but I don't think it is. When you start to think about the leaf rust epidemic that we had in Central America, you know, what we're hearing from partners, frankly, all over the world. um, I think that this is getting worse faster. And again, I don't know that we're prepared as an industry for either paying a whole lot more for coffee or, you know, are we going to have to switch to another beverage? That's the question, right? Is that when this starts to hit the consumer, then that's when those hard questions are going to be asked. Is there crosstalk between industries, right? We've referenced the wine industry, and obviously there's a lot of conversation in this region in Northern California about the impact of climate change in the wine industry, which, look, this isn't boutique stuff. This is billions and billions of dollars per annum. This is many, many thousands of jobs, right? These are are economic drivers of, of entire states. Is there crosstalk between the winemaking industry, the coffee industry, the apple and and fruit industry? Is there conversations like, hey, what are you learning and hearing? Yeah. So world coffee research is very much taking cues from other industries because the other agriculture industries are frankly way further along than we have been. And I'll give you just one example. There are 6,640 different varieties of strawberries registered with UPOP, which is the international variety kind of force in the world. I think I've tasted all of them. <laughs> I love strawberry. How I'm many, in. How many do you think, how many varieties of coffee do you think there are? I mean, this is obviously a loaded question. So I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go, I'm going to take the under at the, uh, at the sports book. I'm going to go with like what? 280. 111. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I thought 280 yeah. was fantastically low. Yeah. 111. Wow. So, I mean, that's just one data point, Mark, but it, it, I think it's emblematic of how far beyond, yeah. behind we are. Yeah. And we are saying, gosh, corn, you look at what corn has done, right? It, it's a huge industry here in the US. They have made massive leaps forward with the amount of corn that they can produce on the same amount of land. But they, the, the industry has made the investments. And I'm, I'm happy that we now have World Coffee Research, but we've got to go faster because we are behind. That is really interesting. Are you feeling demand for that increased tempo from outside of your industry, right? You're on the board of World Coffee Research. There's obviously like-minded people with whom I'd imagine you're in touch with on a daily basis. Are there consumers? Is there, you know, Mark Shapiro from Explore the Space Podcast saying, hey, look, I'm going to be here for a while and I'd really like to be drinking coffee the whole time. Can we up the voltage a little bit? How does, how do people aid in that, I guess, is more my question. Yeah, I don't I I don't think it's reached the level of consumers, to be honest with you. I think we're still at the industry level, frankly, like convincing other companies that this is something important and we need to get involved. And you're still at that point. I think so. Yeah, wow. by and large. I mean wow. the, the, the coffee industry, you know, the, the rule of thumb is that we should be um, reinvesting one percent of global revenues into R and D. Um, so that would be for us, the the coffee industry, it would be two hundred million dollars a year. We're currently, when you consider all the private work that's happening, World Coffee Research, everything else, we're at $100 million. The annual budget for World Coffee Research is $5 million. So we have a long way to go. Um, And and I think, you know, it's not too dissimilar to just the general public's feelings about global warming, right? Like, we, it's hard to imagine something's going to go away, right? Like, there there needs to be more urgency. And I think that's true. Apathy and denial leap to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are good words. Yeah. I mean, look, we got to, we have to speak with, you know, with honesty and clarity as if we're going to be able to tackle this issue, because obviously this is the generational challenge that, that we're going to be dealing with for a long time. And I, I, 
I mean, we could spend hours in this space, um, yeah. but I also think that it is important for us to bookend the hard work with the joy and with the revelry and with the enthusiasm, because look, I'm going to have coffee again this afternoon and I can't wait for it. Exactly. Um, and when I do it, I have that situation awareness of like, I want to be enjoying this for a long time. I want to enjoy it with my son and yes. his pals. And yes. I want to do coffee cuppings for a long time. I want to do a coffee cupping at, you know, a medical conference and we'll do it together. Yes. To sustain this, though, what are the things that you find invigorating? What's the stuff that when you're out there promoting intelligentsia, when you're hiring new employees, when you're just enjoying coffee before the day starts, what are the things that have you feeling like I'm in the right space at the right time? I mean, honestly, it's people talking to people like you, right? It's people that are excited about coffee. But the other thing that just I feel like this is a truth that maybe isn't appreciated widely we are just starting to scratch the surface on understanding the different flavors in coffee. We, we have farmers that are doing the wildest types of processing that you can imagine now, Mark. We have hydro-natural processing. We have washed processing. We have natural processing. And all of these, the farmers are doing so much at origin to actually impact what you and I are enjoying in the cup. And we're just starting to understand what that is. We're just starting to understand how the geisha variety is different from the Katura variety and how those different varieties show up differently in the cup. And so, you know, we're light years behind the wine industry where everyone understands I'm going to pick up a bottle of X and, it, and this is what I should expect to taste. We're not there yet. And that for me is the most exciting part of being in coffee and specialty coffee because we're learning something new each and every day. And we're getting to share it with people like you and your listeners who are excited to say, I want to try, I want to understand what this coffee is culinary thing means. Yeah, yeah. That same sort of like intellectual curiosity and culinary curiosity. I think that we can access that through coffee in ways that people haven't experienced yet. What is the starting point? What is the one? Intelligentsia has a, a catalog, right? There's a lot there. It's awesome. Where does the person who says, look, I've been drinking the same kind of dark roasted stuff. I, I, I drink what's available at the hospital. I enjoy it. But I, I'd love to branch out. I'm having a dinner party. I'm having it's Sunday morning. Where would you like people to start to say this is different? This isn't too bizarre. This isn't too far afield. Start here. Yeah, I, I would recommend starting with one of our blends. And we have kind of four or five core blends. Um, we have a dark roasted blend called El Diablo that honestly is for most people who are maybe accustomed to some of the darker roasted stuff, it's going to be way different. And so that's kind of where I would start experiment with our house blend, our El Gallo uh, organic blend. And these are, these are kind of entryways into, I think the flavors that are possible in coffee. And then once you graduate from blends and you're like, Oh, I got this, this is good. I'm into this stuff. Then you can start getting into these crazy single origins and the stuff that you like from Rwanda or Costa Rica. And then you take the dip processing and the different varieties. Like there's so much, but start yeah. with the blends. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great recommendation. I've, I've, I've given people uh, a cup of a, of a pea berry and they, it's too, it's like, Mark, what, what is this? Like you're, this is, <laughs> it's, but then right, eventually we, they, they kind of come around to it and that's, that's a great place to start. But I think it is that it's it's like a it's a launch out of the starting gate and and you just go from there. It is super duper fun. How do people find you? How do they find Intelligentsia? And how do they find World Coffee Research so that they can while they're enjoying? Right, we do this work in parallel. We work to get better and we work to improve, but we also work to have a whole heck of a lot of fun with our coffee. Totally. I mean, we're online uh, Intelligentsia.com. Um, we have a great subscription program. You can subscribe and get coffees delivered to your door uh, every week, every two weeks. We're in 
a, a lot of grocery stores all over the US, Whole Foods, Target, you can definitely find us. Um, and then we have 14 different coffee bars in Los Angeles, Chicago, Boston, New York, and Austin, Texas. And so there's a lot of different ways to come experience Intelligentsia. Uh, but website for everybody, most people is probably the easiest. Um, and World Coffee Research, just throw it into Google and you'll, you'll find the, the work that's happening there. It's, it's a phenomenal organization. We'll have links to all of that in the show notes. It's, it's 9.30 in the morning my time. So we're going to have coffee again this afternoon. Is your afternoon coffee experience different from your morning experience? And what are you going to have this afternoon? You know, I, like I said, I start with a cappuccino in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then I come into the office and I have a black cup of coffee. I'm having Otonio right now. And, you know, honestly, it's kind of the beauty of working at, at, at the roasting works. Oh my I gosh. go to the brew bar and there's 50 different <laughs> coffees there. And I kind of just... What am I going to do this afternoon? So I don't know. The short answer is I don't know, Mark. That is, text me. <laughs> will, text me and let me know. I Holy will. cow, that is awesome. James, what a blast. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for coming on. This was an absolute treat. Thank you for having me. This is great. My thanks once again to James for joining me on this episode of Explore the Space Podcast. Great links in the show notes. Definitely check all of those things out. There's more that you want to learn. It's all there. And, uh, you know, great subject matter to get engaged with. Climate change is impacting all facets of life and how it's impacting coffee. This multi-billion dollar commodity that is enjoyed all around the world is really important as we continue to try to understand what we're dealing with and, and the importance of proactive interventions. Definitely check out Intelligentsia as well. Their stuff is fantastic. I have to be totally honest with you. I love it. And uh, there's some links in the show notes there. The subscriptions are fun, whether it's Intelligentsia or any other coffee company. If you want to try doing a subscription, it's a fun way to start to experiment with new coffees, try things that you haven't had before, and you will absolutely find things that you absolutely love. Hit me up on social media at ETS Show on Twitter, at Explore the Space Show on Instagram, ETS Show at med-mastodon.com on Mastodon. You can email me anytime, mark at explorethespaceshow.com, and definitely do subscribe wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Explore the spaces on all of them. Please do share us with your friends and your colleagues. Please do make sure they're aware of the show as well. That really helps us out. If you feel like leaving us that five-star rating and a review, that also is a huge help and a great way to support the show. We will be back soon with more great content. Until then, take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Explore the Space. Visit us on our website, explorethespaceshow.com. And please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at ETS Show. And you can email Dr. Shapiro by writing to mark at explorethespaceshow.com.